Welcome to Evolution and Controls. I'm Tim Wilson, your host. We're glad you're joining us. I think we have a very interesting episode today, one that you're going to like, and we start with a look back in time. When I started working in the industrial world, right out of high school, one of my first jobs was as a fork truck driver in a shop. And as the driver, it was my responsibility to not run into people or machines. I needed to deliver material in an undamaged condition. The safe operation of the fork truck was my responsibility. But what happens when you take the person out of the fork truck, when automation replaces the driver? You know what you call it? You call it an AGV, Automated Guided Vehicle. In just the last few years, we've seen an incredible rise in the use of automation, in the use of AGVs. E-commerce is at the forefront of driving this unprecedented demand for efficiency and response. But no industry, it seems, has been left out manufacturing, warehousing, logistics. We want what we want, where we want it, and we want it faster. But who then is responsible for safety? If you take the person out of the loop, how do you protect the workers who remain and the material being transported? Here to talk with us today about how to keep people and material safe is Marty Bick. Marty is the sixth safety products manager for Morell. Marty, thank you for joining us. Happy to be here, Tim. So, my first question, do you ever drive a fork truck? Yes, for quite were, a while. For quite a while? Yes. So were you a safe fork truck driver? No. <laughs> I've learned the hard way to look up as well as looking out for people. So what So what did you do that was unsafe? I ran into the door. <laughs> right into the bridge. So the way to keep a fork truck safe is to keep you out of it. Yes, yeah. most humans. Everybody makes mistakes. It was a 16-hour day. We were all tired. But fortunately, nobody got hurt. All right. So... As we talk about taking the driver out of a fork truck, an automated guided vehicle, what are the issues that we're looking at to keep the people or the material safe? Well, without a doubt, uh, AGVs, AGCs, tuggers, uh, uh, IMRs now, they are absolutely safer than HILOs or than any kind of manual operation. They've got safety devices on them and that uh, can uh, sense people in the area, sense objects for anti-collision. Uh, uh, encoders, safety encoders that will sense the speed to regulate the speed of it so you don't exceed uh, uh, the uh, the payload and the momentum to th uh, throw objects off the cart. So talking about it for a second, are these safety devices also involved in telling the AGV where to go? Yes, absolutely. They, uh, they now not only use the uh, data to sense whether an object's out there, they can actually triangulate the position off that data coming back into the scanner. So the safety scanner is doing two things. It is controlling the positioning of the AGV as well as looking for people in, or, or looking for uh, objects in the area that can become a hazard. So when I was driving, we would honk the horn before entering an intersection or you know, we'd have uh, different colored lights on the vehicle. Are the AGVs doing the same thing, or are they, is it just all active? Are they doing passive things? That's all regulated by the standards. And, yes, they, have, they are equipped with lights, turn indicators, uh, horns. Uh, there's all kinds of rules about when, a, when a, uh, a field gets cleared in front of an AGV, you have to hesitate for a few seconds before you can start the mo motion again. So, and that's all defined in the safety standards themselves. So the reaction of the AGV is not just to stop. Right, correct. 
Can the AGV avoid the obstacle? Yes, because it, it can sense the position of it. It can go around it. They do that all the time now. They used to use, typically we've uh, when they were first developed, they were using magnetic tape or magnetic elements on the floor, and that gets damaged. So it would follow, it would follow, it would follow the track. The track right? okay. Yes, and, and sometimes they would saw cut the floor to try to keep that from happening, mm -hmm. but that was um, more expensive to install. Now they can triangulate right off the objects, like columns, uh, 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 posts and that type of thing. So are there standards that govern the the operation of these vehicles? Yes, there's uh, in uh, uh, in North America we use we live by the ANSI standards, American okay. National Standards Institute. The one that's most popular here is B56.5. That okay. was developed in 19, uh, or, or it's just been recently updated in 2019. The ISO standard is 3091-1. Uh, uh, and that was updated just recently in 2020. Now there's a brand new standard called for industrial mobile robots because now these AGVs are having uh, mechanical actuators and mechanical uh, robots put mounted on top. So you've got to worry about additional hazards. And so they now developed a new standard, R15.06, and that's going to be a series of three. So they're at the they've just developed the first one. Recently. Robots on wheels. Yes, absolutely. Sounds a little bit like the Jetsons. Yes, it is. <laughs> But it's a, it uh, uh, for moving heavy objects. It's a nicer way to do it because you know you don't have to worry about people injuring their backs or. Uh, well, how dangerous is it really? Are these are these AGVs? Are they are they a danger? Are they moving slow enough that you can jump out of the way? That's all determined by the risk assessment. You have to, yeah, and it's all about momentum and inertia. You've got to. There's a safe distance calculation. It's slightly different than uh, guarding mechanical machines, but there, yeah, but stop. What? Time is a factor. What's a what's a safe distance calculation? What it depends on the uh, the uh, load and, and and the momentum and the speed. It's all determined. So there's this very strict formula about it. For instance, uh, consider an AGV where you're moving a uh, that's you're moving a, a a one ton load, versus an AGC where you're only moving a, a load of 250. One takes pounds. longer to stop. Absolutely. It so that all further. factors into the safe distance calculation. So and the size of the field. So for instance, a safety scanner will have a safety field to stop when something when it hits that field, but it also has a couple of warning fields that you can use to slow down that AGV or AGC. And so it'll hit the first field, it'll slow it down to one level, and then when it hits the second warning field, it'll slow it down again, and then when it hits the safety field, it'll stop the vehicle. The sensors on the AGV are providing that information. Yes. And there's a device on there that's providing these, the, uh, the, the, the calculations of Absolutely. what to respond. Yes. So who's responsible? If, if you have an AGV in a, in a foundry or an AGV in a, in a warehouse, Who's responsible for making them safe? Is it the manufacturer? Is it the plant operator? Who is it? Well, in North America, we use the ANSI standards, and uh, it's all uh, governed by OSHA. Okay. Uh, uh, Occupational Safety and Hazard Association. That's a branch of the government. And they basically just simply say that it's up to the end user to provide a safe working environment for their employees. That's it. And nothing more, nothing less. Over in Europe, they use something called the Machinery Directive, which is the law. They actually define how standards are, are how the standards what the standards are and how they're to be followed and implemented so it's a little bit different we don't tell anybody who or how to do it we leave it up to the OEM so but it really in my opinion it should be a conglomeration uh, or a team effort between the end user the machine builder or the OEM the AGV or AGC uh, manufacturer as well as the safety device 
manufacturer as well, and the supplier like Morel. So I'm the owner of the plant. I've got a manufacturer and I've got AGVs and I bought the AGV from the manufacturer. It's still my responsibility to make sure that it's yes safe. Okay. I don't know anything about it. What do I do? How do I go about this? Well, there's two ways you can approach it. If you've got experience and you're a large enough corporation, you develop your own standards and uh, and you, you publish those when you uh, when you issue a when job. When I buy it? When you buy it. Okay. Uh, the other way to do it is you can contract companies like Sick and Oyster that provide safety services that will work with the end user as well as the OEM to develop and uh, uh, certify the safety system and guarantee that the system will be will be safe. SICK will actually even defend you in a court of law if they get it, depending on the contract that you, you initiate with them. What role does Morel play? Do we do perform this certification? We do not, no. Okay. But, uh, it's, uh, but we, we are consultants and we will help support the OEMs with advice and we will involve SICK when necessary uh, and we will help them make sure they understand how our products work and all the features. So we're the product specialist. Yes. And SICK is the application specialist then? Yes, right. And they are certified for that. Okay. And they'll even defend that in the court of law if there's a, if there's a problem. If you've contracted them to do so, they will take 100% responsibility for the system. Are there cases where this happens? Are there cases where we've worked with manufacturers to make these safe, safer? Yes, yes. Tell uh, me for about instance, SICK, SICK is now working on a... On a, on a developing and they've patented this idea called a safe portal okay where you have a, an opening at the end of a, a line typically in an automotive line and you have various sized vehicles running through that through that open space well you have to open up that safety field with a scanner by changing the field set to allow the vehicle to flow through well if you have different sized vehicles there could be a gap where somebody could actually go through with the vehicle and not be detected so they have a safe portal so that you can sense what type of vehicle is coming through. If you know what type of vehicle it is, you can change the field set so there is no gap. So what does the future look like? What, what's coming out in the future? What do we look for? The biggest changes are going to be with IMRs, or industrial mobile robots, where you're putting robots on top of AGVs. It's no longer just transferring materials or handling materials. It's now you're actually doing work, such as tightening torques. It can, uh, an excellent example is when you're uh, marrying a, uh, a chassis of a vehicle to the body. You've got two pieces coming together, and all is in motion. Hmm. And there's numerous pinch points that you've got to consider now. Sounds like it's going to require AI. Does AI have a role in safety in the future? Automated intelligence? Yes, absolutely. They're, well, they're doing it right now. You've got many, many OEMs and AGVs uh, manufacturers that are doing that currently. And they do some pretty Star Warsy stuff. <laughs> it's fascinating. That's great. Marty, we're running out of time. I wanted to thank you for today for joining us. I, I'm glad you're here. It's been really very interesting. Um, please drive safely. Thank you when for you're in a Ford truck. Absolutely. It's all, the, <laughs> it's all the time we have today. Thank you very much.